We got Roe versus Sway, we got Madison Cawthorn barking like a monkey, and it's happy birthday to the maestro Ron Carter. That's the day we're recording this. May 4th, 2022. Jennifer and I have seen Ron Carter. Oh, this, by the way, this record is uh, compared to what? Off a record called um, 1969. First Take with Roberta Flack. Uh, Les McCann wrote this jam, and he discovered, according to Ron Carter, he discovered Roberta Flack in Washington, D.C. Uh, hello, hooray, raw. Once again, the smartest man on the world poop cast takes to the ether, this time from the salubrious confines of the porpoise of fruititude. Uh, once again, we join hands and join hearts in trying to find some solace in what can only be described as a burning meteor. My name's Greg. What's your name, my darling? I'm Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Let's I, tell I me about the song card. Sorry. I chose this song because uh, this was... Uh-huh. Detroit Free Press asked Ron Carter years ago what his favorite recordings were. And, of course, he has over 2,000, so yeah. it's an impossible task. So at that moment, he came up with this grouping, and one of them was Roberta Flack's first take from February 1969. And it's with Bucky Pizzarella on guitar. Right. And... Ron Carter says this is the record that put Roberta Flack on the map and that she, the the baseline was her idea. and Really? He, yeah, and he says it was his job to make it work. The baselines were some of her choices, some of my choices. She's also a wonderful piano player. When singers ask how to get better, I say listen to singers who play piano. Carmen McRae, Shirley Horn, Roberta Flack, Sarah Vaughn, Blossom Deary. Notice anything about that list? Yeah, they're all awesome piano players. Women. Oh, they're all women. Well, they said <laughs> singers. Here, crank it up a little. Let's hear his bass on a little. You think of Roberta Flack with her, her mellow jams from the 70s, but she's awesome, jazzy. Right? Seeking abortions. It's it's always good to uh, read Ron Carter's interviews because he really goes into detail about uh, who was involved, how it worked out, how it came about, the process. He has a voluminous memory for detail, and he seems to recall down to what people were wearing and who thought of which riff. I mean, he is on over 2,000 records. I mean, other singers who play piano, I'm thinking about Hazel Scott, Dinah Washington, Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. right? All sensational. All women. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Here, scroll down. What's this next one here? Joe Beam. Oh, yeah. See, I have... 1970. Our good buddy Brian gave me that Joe Beam album, Stoneflower, which is a beautiful record, and I didn't know until you just showed me there that it was Ron Carter on bass on that. And it's a a total Bossa Nova album, and Joe Beam's awesome vocals. Mm -hmm. The cover is him smoking a cigarette with his bitchin' hair. (laughs) But he's on every kind of record. He's on pop records, funk records, jazz records. I mean, a million jazz records. Yes, Ron Carter... Covers the waterfront. Did he? Oh, classical too. Sorry. For his birthday week, he's at Carnegie Hall. Wow. And uh, with apparently with three different uh, bands representing uh, different elements of his career. Um, I wish we could be there. No kidding. Well, we've seen him what six, five? You've seen him six or seven times. We've seen him in London. We've seen him in Hollywood. The last time we saw him, Herbie Hancock was in the audience with. He wasn't there with him, but also... But I mean, if if Herbie Hancock is there to, you know... Yeah, cheer you on. Catch your show. Mm. Well, the one time you went, um, every bass player in L.A. was there. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Including um, uh, Verdine White had come the night before from Earth, Wind & Fire. Yes. But literally, the the place was crawling with bass players. Right, I sat with uh, John B. Williams, Mm. who... uh, had was on the Arsenio Hall show and had been on uh, a zillion albums and uh, including a touring with uh, Horace Silver, right? And a uh, uh, song from my father, and he um, he might have the other most records that he's ever been on besides Ron Carter. But William John Williams is on what a couple thousand records, and, and uh, he was um, mentored by Ron Carter, right? And uh, he also had uh, gotten a gig on Sesame Street from Bob Crenshaw. Right. Bob Crenshaw. also on a million cuts. Didn't tell the Sesame Street crew that he was showing up and not showing up and that he was sending John Williams. And John Williams showed up for the Sesame Street gig. And everybody's like, oh. Right. Right. Who are you? And then he comes in and plays uh, on the Sesame Street, which he stayed on for how long? Five million years. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Ron Carter's definitely we're seeing. I know we're always on and on about going to see people. Um, He's 80. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know. In glamour and elegance years. What did he say? He's from the planet of elegance? He's from the planet of elegance. I've I've never seen him with you that he wasn't wearing a drop-dead suit and tie. Or a coat, trousers, tie, boots. Pocket square. Oh, just... And the band, too. Immaculate. Well, and he had all that we were talking about, his, his various looks. There was the awesome 70s uh, caramel leather pipe... Right. Corduroy uh, episode. Uh-huh. When he was the, the philosophical... Right. He was, he was the poet about town. Yeah. And then uh, he's super sharp with the Miles Davis group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, my God, he's just in 200 bands. He's worth looking up on YouTube and just going on a deep dive on Ron Carter. But also, if he's coming to your town, you might think about going to see him. Oh, who else is like on, on that list, he also mentions, uh, of course, a, a, a piece that he recorded with the Miles Davis band. And, and he said that Miles Davis walked by him and said, what, what was that note that you were playing? Mm-hmm. I told him it was a B natural, and I can't talk while I'm playing, so don't ask me any more questions. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't think anyone backs out Miles Davis. Except Ron Carter. What does that know you're playing? <laughs> uh, fantastic. 
Uh, Ron Carter's awesome beyond measure. Um, speaking of albums, I have a new album. Really? Yeah, it wow. comes out uh, May 6th. It'll probably be out by the time this goes out. It might be out on the very day. Um, and it's called In the City. And uh, I improvised it over the uh, New Year's weekend in San Francisco at the Punchline. And it was great fun. Uh, I'm reasonably sober through the whole thing. Mind you, I'm not on the drink anymore. But uh, the uh, uh, Jennifer did the uh, co- album cover, which I think is just super boss. It's me in front of the Lee Poe on Grand Avenue. What's the Lee Poe? A di- when I say dive bar, I don't. It doesn't even begin to describe what the lipo is. The lipo is like uh, someone just wrote me uh, on Twitter and said that they pass. Oh no, on my Patreon and said they had something slipped in their drink when they went to the bathroom oh, and they no. ended up in the alley. Yeah, without their knapsack, and he wrote, "Forget it, it's Chinatown." And that one made me laugh. And lipo is in the center of That's Chinatown. A fairly startling tale. It has a beautiful, beautiful neon um, sign. And uh, that, I'm standing in front of it, smoking a bone, and uh, Jennifer got me a picture of it, and I, I think it's really super boss. Anyway, the album's really funny, and it has 500 tracks. Talk about value for your money. Um, let's see here. How many tracks does it have on it? It has 20 tracks on it, and the whole album is like seven and a half hours long. It's like a Fassbender film from the 80s. No, it is really long, though. It's it's over an hour and a half. Berlin, Alexander Proops. Right. <laughs> most albums, most comedy albums are like, you know, 35, 45 minutes. And this one is um, really long. We decided for several reasons to do this. One, I, had, I was meant to put out a record at the beginning of the, before the containment, we recorded one in San Francisco. And that was going to be the mid, uh, you know, after uh, Orange 45, the resistance that we did in the middle of his a horrible reign of terror with his crime gang and the, the you know the wild bunch that was in the White House and then we recorded one a year later after that and I never bothered to put it together so we did this one on yours and Ryan and me and Jennifer sat down and listened to it which I rarely do I usually don't even listen to my albums because one I want to change everything and uh, I thought it came out okay because Ryan and uh, Jennifer laughed at my material <laughs> and uh, if Jennifer and Ryan are going to laugh and they've probably, Jennifer's heard me more than any human alive. And Ryan's had to hear me <laughs> quite a lot. <clears throat> in, in fact, he's listening to this right now as you speak. And uh, so anyway, it's called In the City. You can go to Apple Music um, or um, aspecialthing.com, which is on my record label. It used to be Death Row, but I had to change. And um, really? it's also gregproofs.com. I put it up on my website. It's funny. It's long. I improvised it. Normally, I don't tell anyone. Thank you. I improvised a good deal of um, uh, the resistance, although I did sit down and write a bunch of it. I didn't memorize some of the bits. I remember reading uh, the Hillary Clinton thing off a piece of paper and asking the audience not to squeal. But it's an audio recording, so you can do it. And I improvised. um, uh, What was the one we did at at Largo that I had the, uh, the... the George Martin routine, all you need is tug and the, the talking about the dictator of Iran with his disco flair. Um, that one digging in is, uh, also improvised, which if I'd known it was such a big goddamn deal to tell everybody you improvised the album, I would have done it then. But anyway, I, I improvised this one just so you know. Um, and then you'll be like, Oh yeah, I can tell. Uh, because as uh, we so often talk about an improv, why not prepare something funny? Why not edit it? Oh, I've given the link out, right? It's a, yeah, a special thing or gregproofs.com. And like that. We're also on the road with the Who's Line guys. And by the way, the Muso thing is going to come out later this year. 
But by Musso thing, you mean the Musso special? We did a Musso special in 2014, I think, and um, it, we it was available for years on uh, different platforms. Oh, and it just looks smashing. It's just such a special thing that happened. It was the first uh, time that the owner allowed anyone to film inside. Right, Mark, at the at Musso and Frank. And I'm going to totally blow our horn on this one, so to speak. Okay. Stand back. Not like it in a Madison Cawthorn way, but a different way. Oh, no. That wow, was just horrible right. and possibly homophobic. Um, the the No one had filmed in Musso's for ages. No one had done anything other than one or two little TV bits for the news or whatever. And Mark agreed to let us come in there because my manager, Lee Kernis, uh, sorted it out with him. And it was really boss. And... Marcus Raboy shot at the director, and uh, Neil Marshall, who was George Carlin's producer, hello, mm -hmm. produced it. And um, Jennifer and I put it together, and it was really good, and it looks boss. They put smoke in the room. Um, Sergio was uh, quite alive then, and gives and introduces me at the beginning, uh, yes. the, the legendary waiter in Hollywood at yeah, Musso so and Frank's. And uh, Ruben is there at the bar. Ruben's making drinks. Sergio was Keith Richards' favorite. He gave him several autographed guitars and took him to Mexico. <laughs> anyway, that'll be out later in the year. It really will. And it's being repackaged with a different uh, record company. Uh, and I'll tell you more when that comes out. But I'm really happy about that because no one's seen it in a long time. I'm a little thinner, which I like. And um, <laughs> also, I think the material is really wild in it. it. It runs the gamut. I started to go on one theme about the you know old Hollywood. And it ends up telling an enormous story about working for a methamphetamine dealer in Burlingame. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, what was it? Lonnie it looked like his face had been on fire and someone had put it out with a bicycle chain. He had also enjoyed the hospitality of several penal institutions in the state of California, which accounted for his misspelled and poorly rendered tattoos. Um, let's see here. We're Salt Lake City with Who's Live Anyway. And by the way, Gary Anthony Williams is sitting in with us. The last time we talked on April 19th, he was sitting in because Joel's out shooting heels for the Stars Network. In Atlanta. And Joel has been uh, caught up doing this show. So Anthony, Gary Anthony Williams is sitting in with us for several weeks. Joel will be back at the end of May, y'all. And he will be joining us again for the last of the Canada run. So we go to Salt Lake City this weekend, Idaho Falls, Boise. I don't know if you're LDS, but if you are, come out and shake it like Moroni, <laughs> like Moroni's tambourine. And then we'll be in Portland, which I haven't played in four years. I missed Portland. Really? In 2019, because you and I went to England and did A Nightmare Before Christmas and did the podcast. Well, we went somewhere else where it was going to rain. Right. <laughs> uh, and people really do say, what's your favorite place to play? And I say Paris, and they'll go, why? Because people are like that. Uh, Portland's lovely, though, however. And then we're in Santa Rosa, which is a gig we really love. The Luther Burbank Center, which almost burned to the ground four years ago during the not the first giant fire. The first giant fire, not the second giant fire. That hit Northern California yeah, in the right country. One in a series. And um, the fire went right up to the walls of it and didn't burn down the venue. So we've played there a bunch since then even. And they give us red wine. It's really lovely. Um, that's on May 13th. Then we'll be in Modesto at the Gallo Center. Do you sense a theme on this one? Hmm. Right? First, uh, Luther Burbank, who was a, Chris, a horticulturist and a, a Benedictine or a Franciscan. Mm -hmm. Luther Burbank was a holy man, was he not? Um, and then Gallo and the Gallo family. I, I try to remain aloof of that. Right. The Gallo family, not holy people, but <laughs> what they did for wine in California. 
Uh, and then we'll be in, uh, then we start in Canada from May 17th through June 5th. You heard me. And then we're even coming back to Canada after that. Um, and we're going to play everywhere, but mostly Ontario. So let's see here. We're 17th, we're in Brantford, then Peterborough, Chatham, Burlington, Ottawa, Oshawa, Windsor, London, North Bay, Kingston, Guelph, which is always a joke with Dave Foley, Kingston, Ontario. Again, we're back twice. St. Catharines. Have you even heard of St. Catharines? I've never even heard of it. I've been to Ontario a thousand times. Then we go to Winnipeg, um, in, which is a, a lovely place. I like Winnipeg a lot. Then we come home, thank God. And then we go back in June uh, and play. Um, we call it Edmonton, but it's really Enoch. It's outside of Edmonton, and it's the River Cree. And it's not there anymore, but when we used to play there, they had a makeshift stage that had a precipitous staircase, Jennifer. And when I say precipitous, I mean like a, a Navy vessel, right? Like you're going from one deck to another. And when, this is how long ago we started playing there. And I'm like, well, this place is wild. How do you even do gigs? They makeshift, they threw the chairs out, and they have this giant stage. And the place holds like three, 4,000 people. They, oh, we had John Rivers here. And I went, you oh what? God, that's the you, venue. Yeah. And she wears Chanel suits and heels. Right. She and always she, wore Manolo's. She had to clamber up this bloody staircase and back down. But she was like a gazelle. And then she always said to me, oh, my God, every time you play at the casinos, they're always giving you a rug. Um, <laughs> he, he, uh, and, and behind this casino at the River Cree, why are you going for her? It's all built up now. But when we first started playing there, an enormous field of rapeseed. So those yellow, mm. the, what is the proper, that's what they call it, right? Rapeseed. The yellow flowers. Right, the canola oil. The canola flowers. From... Uh, like acres of them behind the casino. It was really beautiful. It's not quite as beautiful now. And then Calgary on the 18th, which we love, uh, at the, Gr the Gray Eagle Resort. Hi, I'm the Gray Eagle. You know, losing your children's orthodontia money is a Canadian tradition. <laughs> Ever since René Lévesque first set foot in this country, there's been two precepts. Putting gravy on french fries and eating donuts at hockey matches. There ain't nothing you can name like a good old hockey game. And then we're in Northern California. And I want to say that because all of my buddies in Northern California are always like, when are you coming up? No, we're not playing San Francisco. We will next year. June 23rd, Walnut Creek. June 24th, Walnut Creek. Two times in East Bay. Beautiful place. Lesher Center for white people. And then June 25th, we're in Sacramento at the, um, uh, you can score rock at behind the venue venue. And then June 26th, and I'm so excited about this one, the Santa Cruz Civic Auditorium. And you know why, Jennifer? And I'm going to tell the story again because it's awesome. Um, years ago, my cousin Donnie and I smoked a bunch of weed and took speed and drove from San Carlos to the Santa Cruz Civic. And the show was... Always drive while taking speed. Oh, it was the 17. It's a very Safety. wide thing. You've been on it. It's curvy, <laughs> but it's wide. <laughs> so we were getting high the whole way, and we were in my Chevy Vega listening to cassettes, and the show was The Ramones and Blondie. That was the whole show. Two bands, The Ramones and Blondie. So we were real excited. So the Ramones were awesome. That's a fun show. It was. And it was Marky. It was just after Marky took over. This is Road to Ruin. Mm-hmm. Or what did he take over? Rocket to Rush or Road to Ruin? And so they were awesome. And then Blondie came on, and she wore a New York Jets jersey, not that I remember. <laughs> and um, they, I don't remember if they had Heart of Glass yet. I don't think they Blondie did. Blondie just played Glasgow, and it, they went down a storm. And they're playing with Johnny Marno, which I saw was mm -hmm. really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, very awesome. And... Um, why do you tell the story? Just to show off that you're old? Yeah, uh, because uh, President Garfield was there, and we protected him. 
uh, cut to about 10 years ago, eight years ago, in the 2000s, we're on a tour bus and we go to the Santa Cruz Civic to pitch up. It has to be about 2010. And we go inside and I like go, I was here once. And then it hits me that I saw the Ramones through and the mists there. of time. Right. There's swirling like Avalon through the mists of time, like a dragon returning to its ancestral spawning ground. The thought came perambulating back into my brain in between the purple curtains that keep it from everything else because of the amount of marijuana resin that clouds my occlusion. And I thought, I've been here and I saw the Ramones in Blondie. And I remember the place being huge. My <laughs> recollection was that it was like a tent, like the Cow Palace. It's like a 2000 seater. So now we're backstage and there's a woman. Now you're jaded. Right? There's a right. I'm used to the ballparks. Like Elton John, I'm upside down on my piano at Dodger Stadium with glitter hot pants on. And um, I, uh, I go to the stage manager, who's a woman, and I says to her, I says, she's my age. I can see this. She's wearing her headphones. And I go, you know, I saw um, the Ramones in Blondie here in 1978. Mind you, this is like 2010. And she goes, that was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> that is Santa Cruz, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. And why is it always Santa Cruz? Right? No, it's not Santa Cruz. I said Santa Cruz. Right. It's Santa Cruz. S-A-N-N-A-C-R-U-C-R-O-O-Z-E. Yeah. Santa Cruz is how we say it. Because we're from uh, San Francisco. And well, I'm from San Carlos. California, we've lost a lot of consonants we, well, there's along a lot, the way. Yeah. Like Atlantis, there's an enormous lost consonant uh, here. And then wow. we go back to Canada... At the, in the middle of July uh, to Victoria, Nanaimo and two nights in Nanaimo, two nights in Kelowna and the world's your oyster. There's a crazy uh, candy from Nanaimo. What is the crazy candy from Nanaimo? Nanaimo bars. Oh, right. There is. And Nanaimo it's like bars. what, like custard and chocolate? I'm going to look that up while we're... pounds of sugar. Right? As I recall. Nanaimo's a cute place. I mean, we used to play Kamloops and okay... Uh, you know, fun. Fun to say. Kind of shit kicky. Oh my God. Every time we'd ride into there town. There they are. Yeah. Every time we'd ride into town, we go. What um, are those little devils? Cam loops, cam loops. This town you can call cam loops. What's in it is three layers of cracker chrome chocolate base, custard flavored icing, and they're finished with chocolate coating. What do they taste like? Says this cooking classy website. To me, they're reminiscent of fudge or an almond joy, but much better, of course. Well, because it's look what they look just. Like. An insane sugar rush. I believe I've had an Nanaimo bar in Nanaimo. And speaking of treats, when we play Kelowna, we used to play there. I think it might be that same week. It was always during um, like a, a fun fair, a, a sideshow, whatever, you know, a, a county fair, we would call it. In England, a fun fair. And so there's rides and shit and, you know, mayhem and children and whatnot next to the lake where Ogopogo lives. But by the way, when you buy the what? Ogopogo doll... On the Ogopogo doll package, it'll say, like, um, such and such lake in Michigan, such and such. Like, it's doing service so, for four lakes. It's been sighted in various locations. Is, is it like a mini Loch Ness? Absolutely. And it, it's curvy. Does it know the Bigfoot? They, I think they hang together they, because BC, as you know, is heavy they Bigfoot. They know Blue Locks or... Yeah, Babe is there. Uh, I think they smoke some huff together because BC is super buddy and um, Bigfoot is totally there. Then you go out for Nanaimo bars. I'm always surprised where people claim to have Bigfoots. Like, I'm in states sometimes and I'm like, 
you have a Bigfoot? Like, I thought Bigfoot was sort of Washington, Oregon, California, you know, Canada, like West Coasty. I don't want to brag, but LA actually has bears and lions. Oh, yeah. And Kinda, oh, my. Un- we undersell that. I think LA should proudly tout their bear population. We have um, giant mammalian carnivores of several kinds. We have coyotes. We don't have wolves, but we do have lions, actual lions. California lions, yeah. which have lived here. We've had lions in California forever. Yeah. The saber-toothed lions were here in the, what, 10, 12,000 years ago. And there's this pretense like, you know, okay, there was a, we saw a lion in someone's yard today, but, you know, they go back to the park, you know, so don't anybody worry. Right? After they eat your dog, they just go right <laughs> home. And then bears come here, and especially when it gets dry, which it is now, they end up in people's hot tubs, pools. They, they always find a really nice view from mm-hmm. the swimming pool. I think they have the right idea. They they know when uh, people get pizza. Mm. They're pretty attuned to that. Yeah. They like Ikea meatballs. Oh, they'll find the freezer and eat all the meatballs. <laughs> My favorite one was the one you were telling me the other night where the guy's mother was, a, uh, was making Chinese food because she's an awesome Chinese food cook. And the bear came in while it was sitting on the counter. It, his lunch was sitting on the kitchen counter next to some sliding glass doors. The bear just moved those doors back Is with his that ginger beef that I smell? And snorfed down the entire lunch. Right? He totally ginger uh, scoffed it. So there, we do have bears and lions here. Oh, oh my. And uh, condors? Well, not really. Condors? I, We've got hogs. I carry a condor in my wallet, though, for protection. Really? Yeah, in case I'm an endangered species. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have coyotes, and coyotes run, and possums. None coyote, Possums are not indigenous to California. They've made their way across the country, much like coyotes have made their way to the East Coast. Yeah, I've lodged a complaint about that. I just think that they need to go back. Well, I think it's nice having a marsupial here, but they are really, you know. The parrot's fine. We've got parents. Oh, we have parents all over the place. Usually they've been let loose, you see. And then just to carry on here into September, May said, because that's a rescheduled gig. And it says September 8th. And I'm on whoslive.com, which is where you can find all these gigs. And under only this gig and no other gigs, it says Mesa Art Center with Greg Proops and Ryan Stiles. But we're we're at every show. But (laughs) for some reason, it's especially mentioned at Mesa. Uh, and uh, Mesa's, you know, next to Phoenix, in case you're trying to orient yourself. Then Richmond, Virginia. <clears throat> Richmond, Virginia. Erie, PA. Warren, Ohio. Oh, that's a big gig. And then Sioux City. We have a lot of gigs. We're, we're booked through the end of the year, you guys. I'm not even telling you. We're going to be in New York in October, and I probably shouldn't mention the other ones because they're not settled yet. But we're going all over the United States. We'll have been there in every state except Wyoming, Louisiana. Because we did Alaska a couple years ago, and it was great. Anyway, that's whoslive.com. Gary Anthony Williams is on till three more weeks, and then nice. Joel comes back. And uh, like that. Um, not a lot's happened. There's uh, very little topical news. That's why I wanted to talk about myself for like a half hour before we so I'd bury the lead. Um, <clears throat> since the last broadcast, uh, Macron won the election in France Way? substantially and beat that Nazi uh, and, Marie Le Pen yes and he uh, his people they really know how to put on a show they had his uh, victory party at the base of the Eiffel Tower 
and he walked into Ode, of, uh, Ode to Joy, yeah. which is the uh, EU anthem. The EU yes. pointed. Oh, yes, very much so. During a war about Russia and the EU. Yes. And uh, he, in fact, Macron, in fact, was on the phone uh, today with the parties at, at war. And uh, he's vital to that whole operation, Absolutely. vital to NATO. Uh, and uh, it was such a relief. Uh, our friends in France were, were very happy to they were indeed sorted and to move on from that. Well, you know, the, the paper kept running the same crappy narrative that they're running here, Jennifer, which is, oh, my God, Marie Le Pen's really coming on with the popularity. And, oh, my goodness, she could win this. And what would it mean if she won it instead of... He won by, what, 58% or something? I mean, it was... Well, because, uh, my goodness, there have been many a decade that I've been around. And when I was a kid... Um, yes? We were, we were living in France. And uh, when I was looking at the statistics, because, as you say, the papers were trying to sell it as, like, oh, my God. It's a so horse race. Well, also that it was so close and, you know... Yeah. The, the horror of her getting so of course there were there were other candidates that drained boats away so there was that in there, a Bernie-esque style there was dis, exactly there was disinformation campaigns that were dissuading people from voting there were a lot of people that didn't vote especially um, people 25 to 35 people mm -hmm. under 25 showed up but people 25 that? to 35 did not as much um, but when I was looking at the history of votes in, in France, and oh my God, the one TV station did this awesome, very French, uh, into the, uh, the Elysee Palace of the, the various uh, winners of elections past. And, you know, as you walked into the office, uh, the figure of Macron you know, as oh, I remember that montage. To, to, and it, but it coincided with right. when the votes came in. Yeah. It was really yeah. dramatic. And so when I was Mitterrand. when I was a little kid, I actually in our village, my parents took me to see De Gaulle, and De Gaulle greeted the the crowd. De Gaulle, <laughs> yes, General the, De Gaulle, the leader of Free France, yes. France, and he greeted the the crowd as my dad said, like the Pope. Mm. And uh, he was, I think he was 6'5". Yeah, he was enormous. And uh, I did not know uh, until last week that, that uh, he, his race was closer than right? Macron's. Huh. Um, so when you say the Pope, did you mean he, he waved like a papal? He, he held his hands over like a benediction? people's heads, exactly. Yeah. Well, like he was blessing them exactly. Uh, he was a hero in World War II. There's no question. Yeah, about that. but I mean that's. Uh, I mean, if you want to think that uh, things were just ten years ago or whatever, there there is. Right, you um, saw De Gaulle. I saw De Gaulle as a child, and uh, the the idea that uh, that the media wants to paint things uh, in a certain way, you have to kind of dig a little deeper and, and mm -hmm. look at the history and compare it to things. I mean, certainly, I think uh, Boris Johnson won by 47%. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Brexit, by the way, passed by a scanty, yeah. scanty, scanty, yeah. cheating Russian fixed percent. Um, by the way, that uh, what you say about De Gaulle is, of course, 
We always had to work with Cher. The past isn't even past, as Faulkner said. Yes. Uh, you saw de Gaulle. De Gaulle was probably born in the 19th century. Well, um, and we were talking the other day about uh, uh, that people yesterday with, with the leak, with the news from the Supreme Court, which we don't have any, you know, anything further than that. We just found out that Alito, the Justice Alito is not even going to show up at an event he was supposed to be at in Nashville. You think the leak and the ensuing <laughs> shitstorm so might have quelled that? He dig? doesn't want to even be seen in public. Um, so, you know, as uh, Hillary Clinton pointed out today, uh, their abortion rights, Roe v. Wade is still the lay of the land. Yeah. That is the law of the land. And, um, we have to plan uh, always for a fight. And that's the thing. It's it, That's never been different. People want to paint it as like, this is a surprise. Well, if you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton and you're an American voter, um, this is something you have to bear the responsibility <laughs> of for. Um, this is something that anyone who was paying attention knew was on their agenda. Well, they tried to tell us, but there was a lot of disinformation, and it seems like a lot of, um, particularly uh, white people, were very susceptible to the disinformation. Strangely, black women, over 90% with Hillary and with uh, Obama and with Biden, managed to be uh, concentrated on the facts they, they, and what was really going on in the election. They do their research. You know, it, it doesn't just, uh, you know, it, I'm so sick of hearing uh, white people tell me that a friend said something. Or, or I heard. Yeah, I heard it. Um, it means no. they looked on Facebook or they saw it on their phone <laughs> or something. Well, you know, I, I understand that TikToks and, and uh, videos of animals are really essential. I like those, too. I'm on Skippy Jack. It's a new one. <laughs> it's part pancake, part older man. Um, I, just to touch on two things that you mentioned because they're so interesting. The Macron video of him taking his victory lap is so worth watching. Jennifer sent it to really me. really good. He walks for ages and shakes hands with the crowd and they're playing Ode to Joy. Don't then he turns the corner. Say. Yeah. And it's, it's really something else. It's amazing. And you wish that we did it that way instead of that boring ass walk up Pennsylvania Avenue. Although the last one was not boring with Kamala wearing the purple coat. It was yeah. one of the best ones I've ever seen in my life. And I cried Tears of joy. Oh, my God. Seeing so many powerful women, seeing uh, Michelle Obama and uh, Nancy Pelosi, yes. Kamala Harris, Hillary Clinton. And the little girls. Oh, my God. The, the joy, the relief. Yeah. The relief. Hillary Clinton and Michelle Obama. Um, it was an amazing day. Um, de Gaulle said, Charles de Gaulle said when he was PM, how can one expect, be expected to govern a country that has 240 types of cheese? <laughs> uh, so Roe versus Wade, this terrible decision that Alito rendered, which is half baked and full of lunacy. Lunacy. Yes, he he refers to uh, to a lawmaker in England from the 1600s who helped put two women to death as witches. I was going to say he was a witch hunter. Yeah, much like Vincent so, Price in the you movie. You know that's fresh. Yeah. Oh, no, he cites him, uh, Mr. Hale, and he also uh, makes several terrible, terrible constitutional points. Points like, for instance, saying that there was no law supporting a woman's right to choose for much of the 20th century. Well, there mm -hmm. was also no law supporting uh, a 
black people not being in bondage until the middle of the 19th century or women getting to vote until the beginning of the 20th century. So it kind of gives you an idea where this may be leading. Well, obviously, I think the next thing, as we've been talking about, Obergfell, uh, Loving, uh, 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 um, Brown versus the Board of Education, all the precedents and all the giant cases that established uh, 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 schools have to uh, accept minority students, that gay people can be married, that there can be intermarriage between the races, all of these fundamental things that took so long for America to decide because we were bathed in the original sin of, of slavery. Mm-hmm. So, Well, not to mention stealing a whole continent yeah. away from... Oh, the genocide. Yeah. I, I didn't mention there, the genocide of, the, of all of the Indians. So those two sins have kept us from really focusing on what the matter at hand is, which is why I think um, the court's reacting this way. They were put there to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a majority decision. Roe versus Wade is a popular law. Yeah. There's just really no way to slice and dice percent it. of Americans yeah. are, are on board with it. And the thing that you have to remember is, uh, I mean, horribly, uh, the traitor was uh, able to get some people, unqualified people on yeah. the court. But the court has almost never been less than exceedingly conservative. Only when Warren Berger, as I can recall, uh, I mean, Justice Warren uh, was the chief justice. The Warren court had Thurgood Marshall on it. It had Byron White. And there was a lot of liberal minds on that court. And that's when abortion got done. Miranda got done. The Civil Rights Act got done. And then when Warren left the court, the Berger court was started to tick tock to the right again. But we're talking about a court that upheld slavery. We're talking about a court that did not see minority people as as human, a court that wouldn't let women vote. I mean, this is a court that, like you say, they're never open minded and liberal. We only really had that one awesome period where some things got done. Well, and and the, you know, the wonderful moment when uh we, we now, uh, this month, are going to have uh, Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson oh, yeah. on the court. Now, that's monumental. And well, we have to focus on the positive changes. You and I were talking about the fact that the Secretary of the Interior is a, a Native American woman. Yeah. We have an openly gay Secretary of Transportation. Who was in my dream last night. What? Because you mentioned it because Joe Biden did the joke the other night at the press club where he went, this is a big night. We let the kids and Pete Buttigieg <laughs> stay up. It was like a Bob Hope joke. Pete Buttigieg should stay up and watch this show. Biden, Biden was funny. So he, he had some riffs. Then I was watching a clip of Pete Buttigieg run down some right-wingers, which he, they keep inviting him on their shows, and he always... Well, he's good at shutting them down. Right, he gives he's them what very, for. He's very calm about it. He sorts them out. Uh, and then he was in my dream last night. But yes, it's it's important to remember that a diverse cabinet full of women, gay people, um, there's a trans woman in, a, in an undersecretary position. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, uh, it, it's never been there done. There are immigrants. It's never been done. He's made a conscious effort. In the effort. cabinet. Yeah. Obama and Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, did a lot to diversify the place. Uh, uh, Madeleine Albright, Janet Reno. Uh, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, exactly. Sotomayor, uh, Elena Kagan. They they really did try to diversify. But Biden's made the most overt effort to make it equal playing ground for of everybody. All time. So I want you guys to think about this with your pro, your bro friends. It is a progressive presidency. 
America moves like an iceberg and often veers to the right. There's just no way around that. Mm -hmm. The last four years were a hideous, hideous Nazi conflagration. But I assure you that the government was this bad in the 20s and at the turn of the century and for almost the whole of the 19th century. So, Well, uh, what about when we were kids and there were uh, assassinations, there was uh, domestic terrorism... Uh, just the other day was the anniversary of the Kent State shootings, mm. which uh, it was uh, students, college students, protesting the invasion of Cambodia. Yeah. I remember my babysitter got uh, tear gassed just right. going to class. Um, things were not exactly, uh, you know, we want to paint the, the 70s, early 70s as some kind of free spirited right. era and it was in its way but it was really traumatic yeah we always talk about it the, you know the 60s was a revolution in this country of young and old black and white poor and rich blah 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 and we had uh, women nixon when he was president spent so much of his energy demonizing black people demonizing young oh, people yes i mean that was the fixation he had an enemies list mm. They, they were chasing down what they called radicals. Now that we're called communists again, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. The, Nixon was one of the biggest commie chasers that ever lived on Earth. And that we're back to calling Democrats communists again. It's just like the living end. You know, it just it just sounds good. It seems good. Right? The, the, this Democratic Party, Adam Schiff, whatnot, are the least communist people <laughs> you'll ever, ever. Chris Murphy, that's a communist? I don't think so. Um uh, it's just so they have nothing they have nothing they can see that the the dinosaur trains leaving the station and they're well, that, not on it the warm-blooded mammals are taking over the earth this is a last not a last well, ditch effort but a desperate effort the, this is the desperate effort to to quash what the majority want this to, is their last gasp of you know white mediocrity to take away a woman's right to choose on the national on that national level which is what Roe provides federal protection for that and and to use um, a man who was a witch chaser as a source of uh, 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 to cite him in your opinion and we don't have enough moats (laughs) the 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 inconceivable uh, it really couldn't go much lower. It is just barbaric. Yeah, it's, it's fairly where they're obvious. Reaching. They're and, not. They're not hiding their their hate. Oh, no. in any way. And like we were talking about earlier today, uh, the other justices signed right off on this. Yep. And one can't think. And I would never defend Edinin Scalia in any way because I think he was a terrible jurist. Um, but one thing Edinin Scalia, Scalia wasn't was unintelligent. He knew law backwards and forwards. And uh, I think he might have lost his mind if he'd seen the um, citations of the witchfinder General Hale. I think he might have been like... Who wasn't even popular in his day. So the point of dismantling Roe, on top of wanting to hurt women and children desperately, more than anything, is also to kick open the door to be able to take away all of the rights to privacy that we have, mm-hmm. which include who do we date, mm-hmm. who we love, blah, blah, blah. And so I think that's where we start. Let's As look at the good side. Our vice president said last night at the Emily's List event, how dare they? Mm-hmm. How dare they? She was really... Uh, 
she showed her anger, her flinty side. Wasn't it great? Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Um, she's uh, ta- taking the lead for the White House about uh, fighting this. You know, the dying embers mm-hmm. of of what they want to cling to, and and sadly, they have the court. So I think people need to understand it's not Democrats' fault. What the, <laughs> you know, we can only do. Uh, Biden can make executive orders about various things. Then the court can shoot it down. I mean, we have to vote. We have to show up to vote. The thing that's that was exciting to me last night was uh, in. They, they've already had primary elections in some states. In Michigan, last night, um, a candidate, Carol Glanville, won a seat. Trump won by 16 points. Yeah, isn't that awesome? So no one thought that was going to happen in Michigan. And it was a, it was a huge route. Yeah, Carol Glanville did an amazing job. But it also just shows you that this whole, oh, my God, Trump endorsed J.D. Vance and he won. See? They want him to still be a wizard that has magic. And the truth is, his own children have gone in the last few weeks to testify against him at the January 6th committee. So the magic is draining. And Carol Glanville did a whale of a job whomping. By the way, the guy she beat was the one who said, if you're going to be sexually assaulted, you should lay back and enjoy it. He was a super creep. Um, Michigan, uh, Jennifer sent me this one. uh, Five special elections for state legislature. And by the way... Nothing's more important than your state legislature, your state senate, um, uh, the school board, the college board, the health board, the hospital board. What do we have here in California? We have other oblique you mm-hmm. know, organizations. Well, That's yeah. where they take control, baby. So you need to pay do your- attention. You only have to do it a couple times a year, but make sure you do it. It is one of the most important things you can do as an American. And if you can't be bothered, go to your local. Stonewall, uh, gay, uh, political right. active club, get or their, women's, their black women's, right, uh, higher heights, get their choices, mm-hmm. and that'll be a guidebook for you. Michigan in one, two, three, four, five districts um, did better than they were predicted to do, and from anywhere from 2% to 19% mm-hmm. better. And uh, as this person, Brent Peabody, tweeted, none of this is consistent with a red wave. Now, well, and with the leak uh, yesterday, yes. uh, not so much. That's what I'm saying. If Roe is eventually upturned and it looks like they've blown it with the leak and having to hide school. What day are we on now? We're on Wednesday. It may be overturned by the time we get to the end of the week. It may not. Roberts might be mm-hmm. running and hiding because this is the kind of shitstorm the Supreme Court and conservatives have sought to avoid since time began. They'd really like they to know get this it's one. Unpopular. They what? know that, but also this is was always a trump card. This was this, this is something they dangled to the hateful mob yep. of of their followers as something they they wanted to do. This was always and right right wing evangelicals, and it's become less and less popular, and they know it. So once they they do this, then what? What is their uh, you know what comes after that right what's your they or have, else they have nothing so in other words how can they say oh my god there's too much abortion all the time well they'll go state by state and they go oh my god there's too much abortion in california or new and, jersey what and we? our governor uh gavin newsom oh, yeah. came out right away and said we're going to make california a haven for people seeking an abortion including 
enabling them to travel and getting them health care yeah. here. There's a lot more about it today, too. He's really, really serious. The AG's on it in California, and uh, California's going to be a haven. There's going to be a bunch of other states that are going to step he, up. He said today, California will not stand idly by as women across America are stripped of their rights and the progress so many have fought for gets erased. Oh, yeah. We will fight. Well, I think, uh, like you said about Kamala coming out with Brimstone, it was great that she did because we don't allow black women to actually vent their emotions without labeling them as crazy or mad or angry or whatever. A lot of times they're portrayed that way. And she's not. She's a measured, calm, judicious, informed person in general and very humorous. Like, she has a great personality. And for her to come out yesterday, and she did laugh in the beginning. She was offhand. And then Mm -hmm. she got right to the matter. Mm -hmm. And it was the brevity was awesome, too. And this may cause untold pain. Roe. It really will. Um, but we have to fight against it and look at the upside, which is I think they've sunk themselves. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to hitch themselves to the most unpopular thing they could do before the midterms, like Nancy said when it was 2018, healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. Mm-hmm. They were trying to sink Obamacare. They didn't come up with a plan. Remember, we're still waiting to see the plan that we've been promised. And, and by the way, uh, Hillary uh, told us all of this. Hillary told us this in 93. Yep. When she set up the office at the White House for the First Lady, she's the first First Lady to have an office in the White House, Mm -hmm. and set to building the health care plan that we have a modified version of now. Right. Hers was much broader. And bigger. And the Republicans spent eight years shooting it down, destroying it, and trying to chip away it. It's why they hate her so much. She, She was wanting to change America more than anyone and it was their how dare you moment. They couldn't believe a woman was going to do it from inside the White House that we hadn't elected with white guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's why they started the vilifying then <clears throat> Whitewater. But to get past that, let's get to the good part, which is I really think, and I don't know everything, but I think they're weak right at the moment. So it's a really groovy time to go to vote.org and tell all your little buddies to and get organized for the election that's coming up. Because we can take the Senate back. We really can. We've got Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida. They're all in play for real. I'm not, this isn't like a dream come true, unicorns, I'm going to cure your student debt. This is like pragmatic where we're going to win. And Congress got redistricted. In the end, it didn't turn out to be better for Democrats, but it doesn't matter. Because I think what happened in Michigan today and the state house there really showed you that they were like, um, no. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we're a little tired of the QAnon weirdos with their guns and their crazy theories calling people pedophiles on television mm-hmm. and all that vile Also, we, we've just crossed the million dead from COVID, Mark. And that's In their... America. So, uh, and, and that's down to uh, Trader 45's policy, um, just not giving us any help, which reminds me of when... The pro-COVID party forever. Right, when Reagan uh, was letting uh, AIDS run rampant and did not care. Um, Oh, no. We went uh, with Liz Winstead... I'm going to get some water while you're doing that. I'll bring you some of that. Start it. Go ahead and jump in. (laughs) Uh, To Jackson, Mississippi, several years ago, um, and they... Mississippi has one women's clinic that performs abortion and, of course, all other kind of uh, well-women health care. And the woman who uh, is the director there, Shannon Brewer, has been interviewed several times, of course, this week. Um, 
she's really steadfast. Uh, she's amazing. Shannon? Yeah, Shannon Brewer. Um, if you can help, uh, you can donate at jacksonwomenshealth.com. Be careful because it's jacksonwomenshealth.com. Uh, oftentimes, especially, uh, well, in red states, there, there are uh, other clinics posing as women's health centers that are not. Um, so this, uh, the only women's clinic in Jackson is the Jackson Women's Health Dot com and you can donate on that page. Um, they are planning because uh, uh, Shannon Burr is, is pragmatic. They know uh, they've certainly been through it all. Um, that they are going to have to raise money to send their patients to other states for healthcare, which they're already organizing. Yes, mind you, it's still legal until further notice, you guys. And I really feel like they drop the ball so hard this week with the leak that they may not be real anxious to get this decision out. They might exactly. They also are not unaware of the politics of this since they were, we have several <clears throat> political appointees on this court. And I would say Alito is one as well because Alito was one of the underqualified judges that W threw at us. Mm-hmm. And when he was first put forward, if you recall, the papers called him Scalito because he was to the right of Scalia. And Antonin Scalia was to the right of, of uh, the nemesis and Beelzebub. So, like, you, you know, <laughs> dim view, dim view. Oh, and a real belief in that. That would be the difference. I don't know what Alito believes in, but I know that Scalia believed in an actual living devil. And so... Is that why he was with the Order of... of what was it, St. Bernadette's? Hubertus? Yeah, Hubertus, right? And the hunting, hunting Brotherhood? Yeah. Meet me under the sign of the yak? Right. In, and in West Texas? That death that's never been explained of Antonio you know, Scalia. It could happen yeah. to well, anyone. We have other fish at the moment, but my point was, uh, let's stop with W and... Um, and trusting Republicans and making them cuddly and stuff. Um, he really got the ball rolling. H.W. put Clarence Thomas on the court in an enormously cynical move. Mm-hmm. Um, Clarence Thomas uh, protested uh, terribly that he was being railroaded, much like what Kavanaugh did. And they brought Professor Hill out, and she was kind of excoriated, including Biden, who did not act good during that at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I so H.W. and W. really have laid the groundwork for a lot of this. The, the, there's justices still on there from them, baby. And um, the good that Clinton did, you know. And stop with people should retire from the court. Um, why? I, I don't. I don't understand. People want to do anything but understand that their vote matters. And if they didn't show up in 2016, well, or 2012, or 2013, uh-huh, uh-huh. well, that's the thing. Anyway, so I, I think we can take back the night, babies. Uh, well, a lot of exciting things have happened in the, in the, a positive way. Uh, Biden pardoned uh, two dozen people, including uh, the first black Secret Service officer yes. who was railroaded. Um, the, uh, he signed, uh, an, on Earth Day, an order to protect old growth forests, which is the 
absolute mm-hmm. 180 from the last. Go tell your Sunrise friends. Uh, he protected Bears Ears. He restored the salmon runs. He installed the first offshore windmills. We're going to remove lead from 10 million homes. He sent more aid to Ukraine. Um, oh, loads more. All of this is, well, and, and our uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi had a secret meeting with Zelensky for three hours in Kiev. She and took went, a delegation to of Congress people. Right, with Gregory, Representative Gregory Meeks and uh, Adam Schiff and others. And uh, it, it's it's huge what they're doing. I mean, there's there's constantly... Notice it wasn't showbiz either, like when no. Ted Cruz wears a flak jacket and they go to the border and play around on a river for two days. Yeah, a little different. Yeah, this was an actual substantive... With President Zelensky. And letting... These leading lights in Congress get a real close-up look at what's going on, and then they come back and report to their committees. And she's just balls to the wall, though. We're so lucky that we have people who are this diligent. Kamala gave that speech, or Vice President Harris gave that speech yesterday after having COVID all week. Right. She's uh, been at home with COVID, uh, asymptomatic, I guess, and she met... uh, Virtually with 15 leaders mm-hmm. of the Caribbean. Yep. And as a, a daughter of a Jamaican, how profound is that? That we have a vice president that can meet with leaders of the Caribbean and have, a, you know, she has that heritage. Um, she's meeting with uh, unionizing uh, leaders from various that corporations tomorrow. Um, Biden is very pro-union, it's, which is also That's exciting. That's unusual for a president. Right. I mean, it's just, it's all, uh, it's its really exciting, uh, all this forward movement. And this is why I think that they're, they're just trying out anything, because the DOJ is getting closer and closer to the top. Uh, they don't leak at all. So if you're frustrated with Merrick Garland... Uh, that is his uh, M.O., his whole career, is that his investigations It's don't how he puts together leak. cases. Yeah. And, they, you know, you really do want it to be airtight. I know you guys are champing at the bit. No one's just going to get arrested out of hand, you guys. It's not going to happen. Uh, they're not going to arrest people because you don't like them. And, yes, there's overwhelming evidence that Orange 45 has done every heinous crime available, including this week disclosed, that he got Chad Wolf, the head of the DHS, to bury the fact that they knew that the Russians were tampering with the 2020 election. Uh, and that was a direct order from the president to for the head of the uh, Homeland Security. Well, now we know that DOJ is, has... Um, I didn't realize that when people make plea deals that that means that the DOJ has access to all your phone records. What? And so all your text messages, all your social media, they've got it all. So when the Oath Keepers... They're going to get me for Postmates, man. <laughs> right. You, you, a lot of Chinese food, <laughs> um, they They've got all of it. And now we're, we're down to uh, the the top... Uh, toppermost of the poppermost, as John Lennon would say, we've got yeah. we've got the the go betweens uh, from the Oath Keepers to the Oval Office, yep. and that's where they are at this moment. And we're going to have public hearings from the January sixth committee next month. Um, that ought to be good for you, right? <laughs> Pay per view. 
I mean, the January, 6th, the January 6th committee is going to be, be able to do what they can do within their purview. And the Justice Department's going to be able to pursue loads of different people. I suspect that in the end, a bunch of people that you dislike intensely and that deserve it will go to jail for anywhere from three months to maybe a year and a half, two, three years. No one's going to get a 25-year sentence. And it's not going to end up the way you want it to. Trump is not going to be wearing an orange suit picking up garbage on the side of the highway at any point in our lives. Well, he could be bankrupt. He could be bankrupted and he could be arrested and tried and and then like sort of exiled. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different scenarios. We fervently hope. He might run to Saudi Arabia. We don't know what he's going to do in the end because he's a cornered rat. But the truth is... The Saudis already gave his son-in-law $2 billion. I don't think he's going to run again. I think this is a money-making operation right now. This 2024 thing I'm running again on these rallies he's doing and everything. I mean... It's a, it's a grifting It just operation. doesn't seem like there's a big... Yeah, kind of a diminishing returns thing on this one. Plus, the hits that he plays, same old hits, and then last week, uh, J.D. Vance, that dreadful right-wing author and uh, um, um, knob, uh, who got the nomination, hooray, good for him, uh, by the way, Ohio does have a record of not choosing people like J.D. Vance. I think you'll find There's that... Uh, Tim Ryan. Sherrod Brown and Tim Ryan, yeah. They have some really lovely uh, Democratic politicians there. Mm. He couldn't get J.D. Vance's name right, so he's still boobing it up out there. And I just don't really feel like this is... It's a grift. The walls are closing in, and we've been saying this for years, but this is different because... This DOJ is not a corrupt DOJ led by Bill Barr. Mm-hmm. So people have to understand it's going to take a really long time. And they don't have to stop investigating until the end of this term. Well, democracy is hard. It, it, it doesn't, you know, being an, yeah, a, 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 a dictator, an autocrat, you just, you know, you just destroy things. And that's easy. Yeah, like Putin. You, to, you stomp on the Ukraine and ruin their infrastructure and their yeah. farming for the next 10 years. Right. It's just, you know, it, it's it, it's frustrating, but we have to understand the process. And God, America needs some civics courses in uh, elementary well, school and high school. Let's te- We're teaching our 101 here. And the very, very, very fundamental basic building block of it all is literally the power of the vote cannot be underestimated. People win elections by very small margins. Um, well, people fought, and I mean, John Lewis, did yeah. he not learn anything? He he was concussed how many times? People have been burned, lynched, dragged, beaten, shot, and jailed. Women, women, children, and uh, loads of men well, speaking, literally died so you could vote, so don't take it so lightly. Exactly. Um, you had uh, Norman Mineta... Yeah, yeah. let's talk about Norman You know, talk about the change in in, uh, just since he was young. Um, he he just swirled away. Explain who Norman Minetta is. Well, he was he was one of the longest serving representatives, and he had been mayor of San Jose. Oh yes, and he was I I think the, the first. Uh, Asian American cabinet. Two different cabinet posts. One for Clinton, one for W, was it? Uh, it was the only Democrat in W's cabinet? Yes. Transportation? Yes. Um, he was the first Asian American cabinet member. Yeah. And he and his family were in an internment camp. Tell the baseball bat story because I love this. I story. will. But he, his family was in an internment camp and he, had, he was a huge baseball yeah. fan. And they took his baseball bat away from him as a kid. And uh, 
someone found out about that and bought him a Hank Aaron baseball bat. Yeah. And he wasn't able to have it as a present when he was a, a representative. And that the person who bought it for him kept it until he could give it to him yeah. legally. And he didn't have to accept it as an overpriced gift. <laughs> but he was also Hank responsible for this is a... Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It is. And he passed away during this month. And it was his, uh, part of his doing that 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 happened. And um, he was a a grand old age. Oh, 90 at least. Right. The airport in San Jose is named the Norman Mineta Airport. He's a legend in California politics. Because... Like Jennifer said, Congress for a zillion years, mayor of San Jose, two different presidents in the cabinet. And there wasn't any Japanese Americans in the cabinet, especially ones that had been interred, as we call it here. I think you might call it a, a prison camp if you were going to yeah, not split the hairs. He's a beautiful person. He's in heaven now, swirling around and wearing his tuxedo here, like in this picture. <laughs> uh, when you think about it now, uh, Judy Chu... Tammy Duckworth, uh, Mark Takano, Grace Meng, um, uh, Ms. Murphy in Florida, mm-hmm. our friend, Stephanie Murphy, they're all Asian Americans. And um, now our Ted Lieu, our Ted Lieu yeah. um, in Congress. Rob Bonta. Rob Bonta. You're right. He's, and uh, now there's a lot more in Congress. But that's a giant change, you guys. It really is. And it's a change for the better. Representation. Yes. You know, that's everything. why the Senate and the Congress, let's get serious this time and really get it on. Um, so we were talking the other night, Jennifer and I, as we do, about um, German electronic music and yeah, how important. It's not all politics. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and how you know, we, we get sexed up over politics, but then we... Uh, Sometimes there's hours about Krautrock right. and Electronica from Berlin. In between watching the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial and taking uh, uh And the taking emotional sweet. support alpacas they're in. Right. And the, she, a woman brought alpacas to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial so that it would cheer Johnny Depp up. And I, I'm here to say I think that's a a perfect bomb. Um, I think there might be a better use of the alpacas' time. Well, I don't know that alpacas were that desperate to walk the streets of Fairfax in front of the courthouse in Virginia. But uh, as you know, they, they clambered up the Andes, so I think they're they're pretty hardy. Um, I, I personally, if you want to come to one of the gigs this weekend, I would love to see it like Huna and boys in Idaho Falls. Right. Because the, usually where we stay there is right across from this giant Mormon temple. And if I saw some Vikings bounding down the lane to DMX's, y'all going to make me lose my mind, like they're just <laughs> bouncing along, then I would be I would be cheered up as Johnny Depp, I think, might have been had he seen you. Alpacas are so cute. They have those little snub noses. They're not they, like They're Yamas. very expressive. Yeah, they're really cute. Um, the awesome German musician Klaus Schultz. Uh, swirled away, or my God, what would he? He, he he's often uh, in photos. He's sitting on a floor surrounded by a ridiculous number of keyboards yes. and contraptions that possibly aren't. Uh, you know, the safety might not be an, 
the top priority. I have patched the virus. Don't trip on them. Right. And, and, and one of the best photos is he's, or a series of photos, he's in a, a I believe, not fake fur, fur uh-huh. coat. Sitting on the floor. Cross- oh, it's not big for the 70s. <laughs> Sitting on the floor, uh, cross-legged. He's got possibly an upsetting Dutch boy hairdo. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what, when I saw the the eulogy in The Guardian, I immediately recognized him from one of his solo albums, Mirage. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had that. Yeah, they did. In the 80s in San Francisco. Because... It was that that wonderful uh, the the house music from Chicago, the German electronica. Then mm-hmm. it comes back to you know hip hop. It goes back and forth. Uh, the sound. Um, he was first a drummer with Tangerine oh, Dream, the right? Cover. Don't you it's recognize like that? Like a silhouette kind he of. He looks uh, like a baby. Not a silhouette, a silkscreeny. Yeah, he's baby-faced, and he's gazing off to the side with his bangs. And you know, he he uh, was with. Bill Laswell, a lot of different groups, right? A lot of, uh, you would recognize the... Tangerine Dream. Yeah. The, the most epic of all German... Oh, yeah, and, and you know, the, what was it? The Dark Side of the Moog? Yeah, 1 through really? 10, by the way. They, really? they worked that album title until... <laughs> but Dark Side of the Moog, he, he's a king of electronica. There's no question. He's an innovator. It's funny that he was uh, first a drummer with Tangerine Dream, and, and he was with them when it was a much different sound. It was yeah. not like, you know, hey, let's uh, relax to this. No, it, w- it was yeah. a pretty frenetic sound. And uh, then he branched out, and you know, this is with Lisa Gerard, which she was with uh, Dead Can Dance. Uh, we saw them in Amsterdam. Right, we saw her and uh, the group in Amsterdam. And this is quite lovely. This is called Laura Live from 2008. Yeah, for an electronic musician, he gets a real orchestral. And this piece, uh, this is a. Uh, Does it mean Laura Live like the Laura Live yeah, German yeah. legend? This is Alexis Petretis in the in the Guardian. He, he came up with a couple of selected tracks of Klaus Schulz. Um, and he points out at nearly 40 minutes long, it's music you immerse yourself in rather than listen to. Mm. Then again, you could all say that it's almost all of Schulz's greatest work is like that. You know, it's just lovely. You lose yourself in it, right? Lose yourself. Lose yourself in a London. Beautiful. It made me laugh that he had developed uh, keyboards that could imitate other instruments because mm-hmm. it kind of begs the question: Why not play that instrument? Because then you're defeating the purpose of being an electronic <laughs> wizard. He was able within his own. I've made a keyboard that sounds like a guitar. Well, listen to this. Doesn't that sound like a clarinet or the mm-hmm. uh, uh, the snake charming pipe? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. No, it's it's really lovely. Isn't it? There's violas. Mm-hmm. And basses. 
He's kind of in a... It Very, can't be undersung how much modern ambient music, soundtrack music, mm-hmm. and like you said, hip-hop house, dance, techno, uh, uh, drum and bass, all owe to the what the Germans did in the 70s. And, you know, black people in America, what they were doing too, uh, uh, lots of people in America, but the combo platter mm-hmm. is what made everything so groovy. He's an awesome musician. Also making it um, accessible in terms of making it portable, making it... Yeah. Um, you you can uh, kind of jerry-rig something up and you're flat. You don't have to have a, a rehearsal space necessarily. Well, you're you know? asking the question about the... Uh, it's like... Why don't you just play the instruments? Because there's no room. <laughs> between When I get my fur coat going... Right. And I lay on the ground with surrounded by keyboards for me uh, it's my time to shine without having a bunch of you know bass players stomping in uh andrew wolfick uh was earth wind and fire's saxophonist he succeeded ronnie laws who's an amazing uh jazz musician now but of course earth wind and fire started as a more afrocentric jazz group he went to school with Philip Bailey, the singer who does the fabulous falsetto in all of um, Earth, Wind, mm. and Fire songs. And uh, he swirled off into heaven. He went to high school with him. And uh, he said, Philip Bailey said, he's transitioned onto the forever. From this land of the dying to the land of the living. Great memories, great talent, funny, competitive, quick-witted, and always styling. Booske, I'll see you on the other side. He's from Texas, raised in Colorado. Um... If you remember, we were watching uh, some black exploitation and uh, the other day, and I can't remember. It was a really weird movie, but Melvin Van Peebles, who we gave a giant eulogy to earlier in the year, the filmmaker, well, as deserved, did a sweet, sweet backs badass song, and uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire had done that, mm-hmm. and then Ronnie Law split, then um, Buki joined the band here, Buki, and then they exploded, and that's when they did Shining Star. And became the gigantically unstoppable unit that they have been for the last 50 years. In this photo, he's wearing a platinum jumpsuit with a uh, kind of diaphanous, iridescent cape. Yes. Uh, a cummerbund. Uh, he's got red cuffs. Earth, Wind, and Fire always dress like they had to guard a deity. And I think that I'm just going to play this because it's so awesome beyond measure. And he's on this with all the tremendous horn section, uh, which started as the Phoenix horns. Here we are. There we go. Just just dig this jam. This was, I think, sophomore year for me in high school. And every party that you went to played it. Oh, (laughs) I teed it up so hard. And then I pooched it in the poocher. Here we go. Don't do that. Do this. Yeah! 
Unbelievable. That album is propulsive, and that song is right. ridiculous. Uh, Earth and Fire didn't just do funk, of course, they did loads of ballads too, and everything. Um, he's one of a million great musicians that's been in Earth, Wind, and Fire, but really integral to the band, and he came back with them through all their comebacks. Strangely, CNN had a very, very good uh, recollection of him. Uh, his sax solos and live in concert were uh, wild. And Philip Bailey called him a jolly prankster who might fill your hotel trash can with hot water and balance it atop your bedroom door waiting for you to return late at night. Yes. That's what Wilfick did. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I found one of him in a nightclub um, from 2013 with a tribute band. Wow. Doing um, Reasons. And we're going to say goodbye to you. Um, We wish you nothing but love. Uh, I've been uh, Greg Proops I think you know who you are may every page you turn be a satchel page may every bell that rings for you be a coupon bell and if you have to buy bonds make sure they're very bonds Jennifer and I wish you nothing but love and here's Andrew Wolfick playing Reasons Register to vote, y'all. Please. Look at his awesome outfit. Oh, his look. I, like, Philip Bailey said he was styling. I mean, he is just... His hair, his shirt. There's also a period in Earth, Wind, and Fire where he has a really tidy, straight beard and these giant earrings. It's just... Oh, he's good. 